everyone, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by the one and only Allison Aletha. Al, how you doing, man? How's it going? Um, you know, I'm having a pretty chill day. I had a really busy week, busy weekend. I saw some family for the first time in a while because of everything going on, so that was really nice, and... Otherwise, it was, like, good, just busy, so, but I hope you had a good weekend. Yeah, it wasn't bad, it wasn't bad, uh, pretty uneventful, it went from hot to cold here in Calgary really quick, but, uh, that's Calgary for you. Um, Allison and I are not alone this week, we've brought in a very special guest, uh, for the first time on this podcast ever, coming all the way from down under over in Australia, we've got Cody Davies, the webmaster of Zelda Universe, how's it going, man? Hello, or good day, as they say in Australia. <laughs> How How's the weather over there? Sunny and beautiful? Oh, yep. Uh, no, we've just had a, a blistering um, Christmas summer. It's an exciting time uh, for all of the Santas who still have to wear their five layers of clothing, even <laughs> though it's oh um, 40 degrees Celsius. So. Oh, man. Uh, one, one of my buddies actually is from... Uh, I think Melbourne, I think is where he's from. And, uh, he was living over here for, you know, for the last several years and just like right before the pandemic happened, moved back to Australia. Um, and he's, he's sending us pictures of like the beautiful, the beaches and stuff over there. It's, it's sunny and like mostly things are like sort of normal and, uh, it just seems like such a paradise over there, man. Oh yeah, no, we we've got uh, we've had it pretty good when it comes to COVID and everything. With just being able to like, basically at the moment in my state at least, you just sort of like scan a QR code when you go into a business so that they can track if something happens. But otherwise, everything's mostly open because if there's a case in any of the states, they'll sort of um, they'll go into lockdown and everyone else will close their borders to that state. Um, so, yeah, there hasn't been any issues here for, man, any major issues here for like eight months or something. Wow, eight can, months. Can you imagine that, Allison? Can you I imagine that? I feel like that? it's been five years here, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's, uh, there's not really any Zelda or Nintendo news to, uh, to get to here. Of course, we did have the Indie Direct earlier this week, but nothing really, uh, Zelda-esque happened at that direct uh so we're gonna skip past that if you if you want to read all about that it's over at zeldadungeon.net but uh we are going to go back to the well and we are here today to answer fan questions about maybe one of the i'm not gonna say the most but maybe one of the most underrated games in the entire series of course this is our third entry into the game specific q a we're back we're doing a link between worlds today so we asked you guys for a bunch of questions, and you guys delivered. Uh, we're going to try and get to them all here, but, you know, no guarantees. But uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm actually ready just to, like, jump right in here, guys, and, and get down to the nitty-gritty about A Link Between Worlds, a game famously uh, that even we have, have kind of underappreciated on our own show, yeah. Allison. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we haven't talked about A Link Between Worlds for maybe a year now when we played it and did, a like, a dungeon specific episode wow it's been that long that's crazy i feel um, like it has 
Re- really quick, Cody, what do you what are your thoughts on a link between worlds? Where does it kind of uh, where does it fall in your list of favorite Zelda games? Um, I would probably put it about fifth. Wow. Um, okay. Nice. Out of out of about about sixteen or seventeen, depending on uh, what you count as a real Zelda game um, on my list. That's uh, that's pretty high praise. That's that's dare I say even higher than I would have it on my list. So. All right, I think that this is going to be, um, I think this is going to be a good show here, guys. So, like I said, let's just jump right into the nitty-gritty here. And, you know, because because we kind of undersell A Link Between Worlds, and it is so underrated, this question actually really stuck out to me. This is from uh, Samus the Kilted Gamer, and he says, I haven't played A Link Between Worlds. What's the premise of that installment? And I, I was just kind of like... Maybe there's a lot of people that haven't played A Link Between Worlds, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do my best to surmise the the premise of this installment. It's a direct sequel to A Link to the Past. Takes place in the same Hyrule, except uh, the added gimmick in this game is that Link can merge onto the walls, and that allows him to go kind of hieroglyphic mode in 2D, and it opens up a bunch of different puzzles. A Link Between Worlds also introduced. Um, kind of a soft launch into what we would see in breath of the wild with you being able to choose your path you can choose any dungeon uh you can do it in any order um and and this one has uh you know as we'll talk about later in the show a pretty killer story behind it too so um the elevator pitch would be it's a sequel to a link to the past but uh obviously with some more modern tweaks so there you go samus i hope that 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 helps and if you have not played it uh anyone listening you should definitely go and check it out so there you go Yep, it's a fun one for sure. Um, all right, yeah, Cody. It's on the 3DS. Yeah, and it's yeah. Okay, I was I was hesitating there for a second, but it's the best original Zelda game on the 3DS. I think I think that's pretty safe to say because really the only other one is Triforce Heroes. Um, Cody, <laughs> you can get us kicked off here, and uh, and answer this question from Galaxy. They ask, "What was your favorite cutscene from A Link Between Worlds, and why?" All right, so. Um... When it comes to spoilers, how much? I mean, uh, this game is eight years old at this point. And yeah, you know I what? Know, I know we have some people haven't played, but maybe Andy could just say, "Hey, spoilers from this point." Yeah, if if you haven't played a Link Between Worlds, uh, you should definitely go play. There's really only like one, maybe two, really big spoilers in this game, but we are going to be discussing them at length. And I think we're on the same page, Cody, because we're probably going to be discussing them right now. So everybody <laughs> listening, you've been warned. Cody, take it away. Right, so at the end of the game, um, there's look, there's a there's a few interesting reveals about the characters uh, thus far, and uh, and especially um, especially our friend Ravio, mm-hmm. um, and I really I really enjoyed that. Um, I think it is something that's. A Link Between Worlds is not a story-heavy game, I would say. It's sort of one of those games where, to make up for the fact that you can sort of do whatever you want in whatever order, there's sort of a bit of story at the start, a bit of story at the middle, and then a bunch of story wrapping up at the end. Um, I I enjoy a lot of the moments, but in terms of cutscenes specifically, I would have to say, um, you know, right right up near the end, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, uh, that yeah. 
that's what popped into my mind was the ending scene with Hilda. But um, just to be different, because uh, I don't want to give the same answer, I love the um, the cutscenes in A Link Between Worlds, which have like the uh, the art of of like kind of the great battles and like it's kind of that minimalist art style. I'm sure I'm butchering the kind of art that it is, but I just think it looks so cool. Um, specifically like the Link facing Ganon one, it looks like it's like painted, but Link doesn't have a face. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I, I just thought that that looked really awesome. And uh, I always loved just going back and looking at those five murals in Hyrule Castle. I, I thought that they looked really great. What about you, Al? Um, I have a couple. So, I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll go for him. I really like the one where Yuga first uh, throws Link into the wall and he becomes the painting. And it's, like, really super early, like, right at the beginning of the game. And uh, the music is sad, and you're just like, what just happened? But, you know, Ravio gave Link that bracelet, and Link's picture looks down at it, and he comes out of the wall. And I think that's a really cool cutscene. But I think my favorite, like, my top favorite is at the very, very end when uh, Ravio and Hilda are looking up in the sky, and they see what Zelda did for them. And uh, Hilda, she, like, puts her hands to her mouth, and she's, like, in shock. I feel like that's a really powerful scene, and I really like that one. All, all, like every time I play. Yeah, yeah, good call, good call. Um, surprisingly, a lot of uh, a lot of great cutscenes to choose from in a Link Between Worlds. When I was thinking about yeah. this, I didn't think that there was as, as many as you know there ended up being. But yeah, great question. Um, let's keep it going, and let's go to uh, our buddy Skyform Anthony. He says, and Allison, this is probably a question that you can kick us off with. A Link Between Worlds is my favorite Zelda game to speedrun. If you've ever seen a run, do you have a favorite glitch or skip? My personal fave is how you can skip the entire desert palace. Did you know that, Allison? I didn't, but I always <laughs> love speedruns uh, where you can skip an entire dungeon. For example, in Skyward Sword, you can skip the in basically the entirety of Ancient Cistern, which sucks because it's a really good dungeon, but it's good for speedrunning. Um... I've never particularly watched a speedrun of this game, like, at length or anything, but I've seen a couple tricks, and the one that immediately comes to mind is when you, like, antagonize a crow. I don't know what the crows are called in this game. But you antagonize it, and it, you basically get it to attack you so that it, the damage clips you through the rocks to get up to Death Mountain, where you don't have to have the power bracelet, which I think is pretty cool. So I... I, I I believe there are a lot of glitches in this game. I mean, you can beat this game in an hour and 21 minutes if you know all the glitches. So it's it's a pretty heavy glitch game. And I, I, I like I said, I haven't seen it very any of the super insane ones. Like, you can, you know, skip a whole palace. But, you know, I I would like to venture into that someday. Thank, thank God for you this week, Allison. Because I looked at this and I was like, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I... I I'm so sorry, Anthony. I, I know about as much uh, about Zelda speedrunning as I do about... Uh, I can't even think of a, something clever to say here. That's how little I know about Zelda speedrunning. <laughs> um, so yeah, that uh, my, mine is a big old goose egg here. Cody, are, are you like into the speedrunning scene at all? Do you know anything about uh, you know getting these games done quick, specifically when it comes to A Link Between Worlds? Um... Not really specific to Link Between Worlds. I do I do enjoy Zelda speedruns. Um, Breath of the Wild particularly is very entertaining to watch mm. people fly across the fly across the world on a tree mm. or whatever. But uh, a, a Link Between Worlds uh, I haven't seen too much of apart from just doing I, it well. I think that just reiterates the point that we have very undersold this game, even when it comes to speedrunning. 
Yes. Rod Lloyd is out there somewhere just shaking his head at all of us. Um, <laughs> all right. This one, this next question comes from Mr. Corey Richmond, uh, who, by the way, if you are not a part of the Zelda Dungeon Discord, me and Corey Richmond got into like World War Three about my rant on Twilight Princess last week. He's oh wrong, gosh. by the way, but uh, you should come and join us over there if you want to get in on some of that action. Corey asks, which of the seven sages is your favorite? You know, I've always been really partial to Irene. Um, mm. I, I don't really know what it is. Maybe she just reminds me of, like, Maple from the previous games or, or whatever. Uh, something about that whole that whole gimmick with, like, the flying witch. It's just always been very charming to me. So, you know, I, I don't know that any of the seven sages are necessarily, like, these... Uh, super fleshed out characters they all kind of have their quirks here and there but i for for whatever reason i think irene is the one to me that um you know stands out a little bit more than the rest uh cody you got a favorite here uh look i mean i was probably gonna say irene um but um because i've i always enjoyed the witches in the zelda series um doesn't irene doesn't quite follow the naming uh naming constitutions of uh maple and syrup i but, know you know <laughs> that's true right i was gonna say irene too but i think the reason that we would say irene is because she just she comes up a lot in the game and she's more she like has more of a role i mean i, I you could say the same about gully a little bit um maybe sarah's or series or however you say her name but the other ones you only see them relatively like one or two times like not a lot so they don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of time to connect with them like you do with irene right so yeah i would fair. say irene is a lot of people's favorite uh, i wasn't expecting um a clean sweep for irene here but i mean i guess that is like you know you, you bring up a good point you do you know you, you use her to fast travel you you've kind of been conditioned to see the witch in like a bunch of games previous to this it is a shame that they didn't continue with like the uh the you know the naming convention i don't know what you'd call her like maple syrup or waffle or something like that but uh irene does seem a little bit plain jane but nevertheless uh that's a clean sweep for irene so there we go um let's keep it going here fastball 18188 says what is your favorite pre-dungeon quest in the game i'm gonna take this one first because i think i'm gonna steal allison's answer here but Ooh. i remember we were doing, at least a year ago now, we did an episode on our favorite stealth sections in the Legend of Zelda series. And for whatever reason, we totally, totally botched uh, the Dark Palace section and totally omitted it because we forgot that it had happened. Uh, we, we then did a retrospective on the dungeons for a, an episode after that. And this section was so fun. Like, the aesthetic of the, of the I guess, the stealth section before the Dark Palace were, like, you're in that that maze it almost is like the maze from um the the castle courtyard but in like a darker setting with more fearsome guards there's a ton of stuff that you can get uh collectibles and, and rupees and stuff like that that make it fun uh it's not like it's not over long it doesn't overstay its welcome but it's challenging so i i really like this section it also incorporates the the wall merging really well into um you know not being seen so this would be my favorite uh, what about you, Al? Did I steal your answer? Yeah, kind of. But at the same time, when I first saw this question, I was like, Andy's going to pick the stealth section. So I'm going to look for something else. <laughs> um, I had to refresh myself. But I was like, you know what was really fun is the turtles. 
when you're going to Turtle Rock. And you you go and save yeah. all these little baby turtles. Okay. And you can merge into the wall. They're at, like, different levels on the walls, so you can kind of do a puzzle to get to them. And you merge into the wall, and you pop out behind them, and they fall down, and they're really cute. And, and then basically, they make a ladder for you to get into the dungeon. So that one was pretty cute, too. Okay, I, I approve. I approve. <laughs> Cody, what you think? Well, I, I, I think for me, look, the, the turtles were pretty good. Um, I do like the um, collecting the Master Sword. That's always a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, before the Hyrule Castle. Right, right. That one's always iconic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when when Fastball pitched this question, uh, one of their suggestions was like, what's your favorite pre-dungeon quest in the game, such as the stealth section? And then the other thing that he pitched was like, or such as the password to enter the thieves hideout. I hated the password, actually. I thought that was like so unfun. I don't know if that's a, if that's a legit word or not. I, Basically, I really you, don't remember it. You have to like sing this this song to get into the thieves' hideout, oh, and it yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. no good. It's no good. So I didn't like that one at all. Yeah, I don't remember that one. So fair enough. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Retro gamer asks: Wall merging, overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated? That's uh, Allison. Kick us off here. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna, I'm like in between underrated and appropriately rated. It's like, it's good for the game. I feel like, you know, when you play the game and people really like the game, so they talk about the wall merging and it's rated very well for that. But overall for the entirety of the Zelda series, like that's such a cool mechanic. We talk about a lot of the gimmicks and mechanics of Zelda games, like motion controls, stylus controls, um, using the flute or whatever, that kind of stuff. But the wall merging is like, it's a one-and-done kind of deal for the Zelda series, but it's such a cool thing. Like, the fact that you, like, merge into the wall, you're kind of timed, so you have to do puzzles kind of quickly and think on your feet and that sort of thing. It's just such a cool thing. Plus, it looks awesome. Like, the art style is very cute and, like, different from the rest of the game you're playing. So I, I appreciate it, and I think people appreciate it for the game that it's in, but not for the and like for the series as a whole. Right. Okay. Good answer. Uh, Cody, what you think? Uh, I would say it's pretty underrated um, because for me it was something that really actually continued to trip me up, I guess. Um, like as a puzzle mechanic, I kept being like, oh no, I can't get across there. And then, you know, going to do something else and then coming back five minutes later and being like, oh yeah, I can... I can just go across that wall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I think as a puzzle mechanic, it was quite interesting. You know, it's it's kind of a... I, I mean, I definitely never hear people talking about this mechanic, like, at all. So I'm not going to say yeah. it's o- overrated for sure. That one's out. So it's between underrated and appropriately rated for me as well. I, I don't... It's funny because we talked about how underrated A Link Between Worlds is. And I feel like even within the game... This this mechanic and this gimmick is underrated. You know, when people talk about Wind Waker, they talk about sailing. People talk about Skyward Sword, they talk about motion controls. Um, the the main gimmick of this game is this wall merging mechanic, and yet when people talk about A Link Between Worlds, they talk about it being the sequel to A Link to the Past. So I, I'm tempted to say underrated, because I think that 
you know, this this was used really well in the game. I, I've never really heard anybody complain about the wall merging before. Um, I like it as well. Kind of gives you that like sense of urgency to to get to like one spot to the next, or or when you're just kind of like holding and you're waiting for a platform to come. So like there there's lots of different things that you can do with this mechanic. Um, so I I think that I would say it's underrated because I I don't know. You know, again, I don't know that even, like, really big fans of A Link Between Worlds would, would point and say, like, yeah, this was a a fantastic addition to the game. I hear people talk about it being the direct sequel to A Link to the Past. I hear people talk about how you can do the dungeons in any order or get the items in any order. So I don't hear a lot of people talk about this. So I'm, I'm inclined to say underrated. But that was a great mm-hmm. question because I had to think about that. Um... So yeah, thank you, Retro Gamer. Moving on, uh, Jimmy Fabes asks, did you experience the Shadow Pass Shadow Link battles? If so, what are your thoughts and would you like to see a similar feature return in a future Zelda title? Well, Jimmy, I did not experience this because I have no friends. Uh, I no, <laughs> None of my friends had a 3DS with The Link Between Worlds, unfortunately. So I, I never got to play that. Because um, I think Street Pass was you had to like literally be next to the person. You can't be online. Is that right? Um. Yeah, you had to like be connected. Um, I'm guessing to Wi-Fi, and then you had to be around somebody else with a 3DS. I didn't use. Yeah. Street, I'm uh, in the same boat as you. I didn't use Street Pass that much either, let alone in this game. Yeah, I did use Street Pass. Um, I didn't. Not. Not specifically around these battles um very much but it is something that um you don't need wi-fi or anything it's just sort of like whenever i go to a convention i would bring my 3ds right um you know because that's where you get like 30 people at once because whenever they they're all in a line and they all pull out their 3ds um but yeah i'm I'm not super familiar with the street pass feature for a link between worlds yeah and so that that gimmick alone, I, I wasn't really fond of Street Pass as a concept in general for like any title, um, mm. because I like I just didn't know a lot of people with mm. with 3DSs that, and especially a lot of people that had uh, Unlike Between Worlds. I actually I now that I say that I don't know if you need both people to have the copy of the game or not, but um, I never experienced it, and I, I I don't want that exact gimmick to come back because of what I just mentioned, like. The street pass gimmick I, I i'm all for like playing online and like you can connect and like you know alice and cody and i can get together and, and play some battles and i can be dark link and mess both of them up but uh just put that online instead of the street pass gimmick um we haven't really had anything like that come back with the switch yet and i'm i'm pretty okay with that not gonna lie yeah i i don't i couldn't say that i would want this gimmick to come back either um i like you said, I like playing with friends, so, you know, if you're thinking about Triforce Heroes and you're playing with your friends, that's pretty cool. Um, and, like, I know there's a bunch of mini games on Triforce Heroes, too, so that's what this this uh, fighting a Shadow Link kind of makes me think of, is, like, when you're fighting uh, your pals in uh, Triforce Heroes, and you could just, like, pick somebody up and throw them off the edge of right. the map. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what makes me think of this, and I like those moments, and those are pretty cool. But, I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people used it or, uh, you know, took advantage of it. So I, I wouldn't say I would want it to come back. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Uh, 
Cody, this is a Andy from Zelda Dungeon has a question for you. Um, we we beat up Triforce Heroes on this show all the time. Are, are you a are you a fan of Triforce Heroes? Can you do you find some redeeming qualities in that game? Uh, look, I am not a fan of Triforce Heroes. <laughs> yes, um, perfect. <laughs> because uh, for one, it is region locked, so I wouldn't actually be able to play Triforce Heroes with you because I you'd have to have. The Australian version oh, of the game. Yeah. Oh man! So and yeah, in general, you know, you can't trust these video games that require you to have friends. So, <laughs> you know, well said. I love that. Yeah, well said. Uh, who needs friends? We have Zelda. Um, all right, Corey Richmond has a fantastic question here, and uh, we'll we'll do it in two parts here. His question is, what's the best thing about A Link Between Worlds that was not in A Link to the Past, and what was the best thing that it did take directly from A Link Between or blah, A Link to the Past? So let's do the first half there. Uh, what's the best thing about A Link Between Worlds that was not in A Link Between... Or, good God, let's see how many times I can butcher this. What was the best thing about A Link Between Worlds that was not in A Link to the Past? Oh, God. Um, so now that I've, I've made a fool of myself, I, I will give my first answer here. I think that the best thing A Link Between Worlds did is have a story with engaging characters, something I do not think that A Link to the Past had. A Link to the Past is a great game, but, uh, you know, if we're if we're going to be honest, there's it's just the most basic, generic story. Zelda gets kidnapped by Ganon. You got to go save her. That's it. As we'll talk about later in the game, or later in the show, rather, um, a, Link, a Link Between Worlds introduced, like, really compelling characters i thought and and like you know i kind of actually agree with what cody said earlier we're like it's not like a huge story there's pretty much story at the beginning and at the end like kind of mini story centered around the dungeons in between but like the story at the beginning and the end i thought was really really well executed really got me invested into the into the final uh final act if you will so i think that that is the uh the advantage that the Link Between Worlds has over Link to the Past. Uh, Allison, what do you think? Um, I would agree with that, but I think this one's kind of low-hanging fruit. It's easy. It's just that being able to go to the Dark World or Laurel uh, relatively quickly in the game versus I feel like in Link to the Past it's a little bit later and with easier access too. So all you have to do is find you know one of those cuts in the wall and you merge into the wall and you go to the other world. So I feel like in if I... In, Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't played a, um, a Link to the Past in a few years. But I feel like it's later on in the game when you finally do see the Dark World, and it's not very easily accessed. When you go, you turn into this like little pink rabbit, and <laughs> you can't do much or go anywhere until a little bit even more later in the game. So I like I like that this game. You know, you get to go sooner. There's an easier mechanic to get there, and there's a lot more puzzles involved between the two worlds. Like, they're very connected um, versus A Link to the Past. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Cody, what you think? So, for me, um, the rental system, um, I thought was a really interesting mechanic that they added in A Link Between Worlds. Um, this is to say that you can pick up, rather than the traditional Zelda formula of you go into a dungeon... You beat the mini-boss of the dungeon, you get the item for that dungeon, which you then use to solve all the rest of the puzzles, and then you hit 
the boss with that item three times um, and then it dies. Um, this had a system where it was just like, oh yeah, you can have them all. Uh, you can rent them if you want, but if you die, this bird will just come and take it back. Um, or you can buy it. And I, I remember thinking, oh, this is great because it's an interesting concept and also just symbolically it meant a lot to me when A Link Between Worlds came out, just that they were moving away from, I'm not a, I, I have a few issues with um, the direction they went with Spirit Tracks, for example, um, and Skyward Sword, which I do think is a good Zelda game, uh, was also a bit too linear for me. So for this, I was like, I was excited that they were finally like experimenting in ways that would become obvious mm. in Breath of the Wild, I think, with open world again. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that's that's a great question. And actually, we're going to talk about that with our next question too. Um, but before we get there, all right, guys, what do you think is the best thing that A Link Between Worlds took directly from A Link to the Past? Uh, Allison, go ahead. Um, I guess <laughs> this is kind of hard. I guess the dungeons, they kind of like just took all the same dungeons and revamped them. And there are a lot of good dungeons in uh, A Link to the Past, so I feel like that was a solid choice. They didn't just, like, make all these new things. Mm -hmm. And um, the map was familiar, too. I, I appreciated that. And it was just something cool, because A Link to the... Or, phew, that Andy's getting me all tongue-tied with this, too. A Link Between Worlds was my re-entry into the Zelda series, so when I picked it up and I was playing it, I was like whoa, this is just like the very first Zelda game that I played because I didn't realize that it was a direct sequel or the same world or anything. I was just like, this is really familiar and cool. So I like that it took those things from A Link to the Past and, uh, you know, kind of changed them up and modernized them. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Cody, what you think? Uh, look, so the map is the obvious answer here. Um as the main thing that's the same. Um, I might say actually, uh, well, it's not exactly the same, but they did take from A Link to the Past the music. Um, I thought they did a really great soundtrack based on um, a bunch of songs from A Link to the Past. Ooh, I, I should have answered first because my first answer was going to be the map. My second answer was going to be the music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know... Listen, I, I think that A Link Between Worlds obviously built upon everything that A Link to the Past did. And for my money, I know that tons of people will disagree with this, but for my money, it just it, it just took everything A Link to the Past did and built it better. Um, I, I, I personally think that this is a better game than A Link to the Past in almost every regard, except for one or two nitpicky things um, here and there. So, you know, I mean, yeah, the music is is a fantastic modernization with a new spin. Um, it took the map and made it, uh, like, completely faithful, but also new. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it took the Dark World concept and brought that back with, like, a great new gimmick or a reason to have a dark world um so i mean the answer i you know for me is that you know a lot of this game you could almost argue all of this game takes directly from a link to the past and it makes tweaks here and there so 
that that I guess would be my my answer. I mean, yeah, the obvious one is the map. The obvious one is the music. But really, just you know, without a link to the past, this game would not exist. So, you know, have that for for what you will. Um, let's move on to the next question here. This one comes from Andrew Severs. Uh, he asks, "I'm curious about your thoughts on the wall merging mechanic, the rental system, and the more open-ended dungeon order slash structure." So we talked about the wall merging mechanic already, and Cody just touched on the rental system. Um, Allison, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the rental system. I like the rental system. Um, it's it's kind of cool because part of me was like, yeah, I can rent these and be cheap, and I'll never die, so I'll never have to return them. So obviously I'm going to be fine. Well, I died, so <laughs> the better choice is to buy them. But I just think it's really cool because you could either play it smart and, you know, go figure out what dungeon you want to go to and then come back and grab your items. Or you could just be like gung-ho because the economy system in this game is really nice to you and gives you yes. a lot of money very quickly. Yes. So you could just rent everything and you could go anywhere. So I think that's really cool. And, you know, like Cody said, like Andy said, it introduced, you know, a thing that we started seeing in Breath of the Wild where you kind of just get to go anywhere you want using the, all the runes or whatever. So I like it. It gives you a lot of freedom. It gives you a lot of ways to think on puzzles and stuff, um, how to defeat enemies and whatnot. I just think it's really cool that you now have more of a choice versus the Zelda formula. We all really love it where you go into a dungeon and get an item, but it's it's starting to feel a little outdated now because of this game and because of Breath of the Wild. Right, right. Uh, I, so I agree with both of you. I, I do like the rental system, except for when you die. That that sucks, but uh, <laughs> I, I, like that, uh, I like that you can go ahead and get the items like right away because it it is pretty annoying with like you're playing zelda and it's like oh there's a heart piece oh god i need the hook shot to get it so it is nice that you can just get that i will say that i do miss the feeling of doing a dungeon going through a dungeon and getting that item uh halfway through i, I feel like that's like a big reward for me and so so i felt like the dungeons were a little bit um i don't think lacking is the right word because i think that there are some great dungeons in this but like maybe uh just not as rewarding as they would have been and but i think that's the the trade-off that you take and I, I don't think i would change that um i will say that the dungeons that had like uh the the ore and stuff like that felt a little bit nicer to me because like at least you mm. get like something out of them so I, i'd say that's the only drawback of the rental system um in my eyes here um so yeah, moving on to the second question here, the more open-ended dungeon order. Uh, Cody, you had mentioned that you were a real big fan of this, uh, you know, coming off of Spear Tracks and, and Skyward Sword, right? Yeah. So this is something where I've sort of... the If you go through my list of sort of top Zelda games, games like Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, Majora's Mask are, you know, all up there and... And often it's because these are games where you can just, like, you can just get, you know, get yourself lost and have a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, just, uh, I'm, I'm a person who avoids the main story for as long as possible when the option comes up. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I played Skyrim. Oh, God. And I've I've put like 500 hours into that. I've never beaten the main, <laughs> I've never wow. beaten the main campaign. 
Um, but I am the leader of the Thieves Guild, the, you know, it, the majors, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm world renowned, but you know, yeah. not going to get me to, but I haven't saved the world yet. <laughs> uh, not going to get me to save the world. Uh, I actually, I actually was like, at some point I was like, hold on, what's everyone talking about with this Fusro da? Um, and I was like, oh, maybe I should do a bit of the. Maybe I should do a bit of the story, um, so so that I can have the cool pa- iconic power from Skyrim. But uh, yeah, you know, and so that's that's what I really love about uh, these games is you can just wander around. It it does sort of lead to a situation where if you like story, um, it's the same with Breath of the Wild. Like the story, sort of, you know. They sort of make concessions to say, well, all right, well, we'll, we'll have story at certain parts or in a different format because we're not going to have it in the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think it makes up for it with the uh, versatility of, yeah, and replayability that it gives. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And, and I think I kind of mentioned this earlier, too, but like... Um, I think you kind of put it best at the top of the show, Cody. It's like there's there's the main story that comes in the beginning and the end. But I, I do think that, you know, it is nice to have, like, you, you can, so you can pick any dungeon, and there's, like, a mini story centered around that dungeon, and you can go and do that uh, and experience that, and, and you know, it's it's almost bite-sized, and, and once you're done the dungeon, like, that that story is complete. So I think that this works well. I, I don't know... I don't know if I'm just being too much of, a, of an old man here, but I, I do kind of like the... You know, you start off with your intro dungeons and you build up to like that grand, spectacular dungeon at the end of the game, um, you know, which sometimes can work really well and sometimes you get city in the sky. But uh, I, I do like that concept, uh, but I also like this too. And, 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 you know, I don't know that I would, want, I would want all my Zelda games to be, or at least all my top-down Zelda games to be, like you can pick the dungeon in any order that you want, but I think that it worked really well for this game. For sure. It, it worked well for this game. Um, in this format, I would say um, it's a little bit more difficult to pu- pull off, having a more open world, open decision to where you go. Um, but I really like the, where this is going in the Zelda franchise, where you have a little bit more of a decision of where you go next and what you can do next, and you're able to do it when you make that decision, versus mm-hmm. if you tried to go and you're like, I actually need this certain specific item to get there and i can't get it without going to the this dungeon first i like where it's going so i just hope that they continue um in this direction and but like continue to innovate it not just like not just like uh i don't know make get it's gonna get boring really quick i feel so (laughs) i hope they continue in this direction but keep coming up with more ideas all right, Galaxy is back with another great question here. What were your first impressions of Hilda's despair betrayal led by the ambition of seeing Lorule prosper again? Um, so I I love the character of Hilda, actually. I, I really thought that she was a really compelling character with a believable story arc. She was a Shades of Grey character that... Uh, she, she wasn't like one of those like sympathetic villains, because I, I don't know that I'd say she was a villain, but she certainly... You know, wasn't exactly uh, on the straight and narrow. I thought that that I actually let me rephrase it. I think that Hilda is is one of the better, again, more underrated characters in the series. I really liked her story. Uh, what do you guys think, Al? What do you think? 
Um, I think she's actually a pretty good fan favorite. I feel um, a lot of people really like her. Uh, they she sticks out a lot more than some of the other uh, game characters that are. Again, she's not like a villain, but she's kind of just like got some moral issues going on because she just wants to see her people, you know, prosper. But you know, sometimes bad guys do that, and you you're able to at least kind of understand where they're coming from and I really like that about her too um it kind of sucks though at the end that she still becomes basically a puppet <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's always like that with the Zelda games so until that point you know she's uh you understand her really well and you can you can kind of feel how she feels when she's looking at Zelda in the picture and she's just like you have everything why do you have everything why can't I have this why can't I help my people like you do and then at the end, too, when she, like, graciously accepts defeat and she's just like, I was just really trying to take care of my people, you know, and Zelda feels that. So she gives her what she needs and she's very grateful. And I think that's really cool. She has a well for a, for a story that isn't like super, super deep with this game. She's a very well-rounded character. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I quite liked the setup of, like, you know, it's it's not exactly a brilliant new idea from Nintendo to have some sort of dark world that's, um, you know, uh, that's opposite to the light world. Um, you can probably find that in every franchise that they've ever released. But um, I think this particular take on it with the sort of the alternate versions, I guess, of the of of the regular characters that we know and love um was was quite interesting um and yeah Hilda is probably yeah a top 3 character from this game for me no doubt um so this is kind of a this is kind of an interesting question from uh from our good pal Spamman who hosts the Drink to the Past podcast that you guys should all check out he asks did the world design copy and paste too much of that from a link to the past the whole time I was playing, I felt like I was retreading old ground until I got to a dungeon, and the dungeons were good, but not as iconic as those from A Link to the Past. So, this is, um, I feel like this is a fair criticism. I don't know that I would agree with it, but I mm. can definitely understand, you know, the the criticism. Um, I, I think that having the dungeons kind of, you know, they're the same dungeon, but they're the same name, but they're completely different. So I think that that really helps. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, it, uh, it definitely was very, very faithful to the world and to the map from A Link to the Past, perhaps to a fault. I don't think that it took away from this game necessarily. Um, would it have been cool to have a few more differences here and there, maybe like a bonus section in this game where it's just original map? Yeah, I think it, I think it could have been cool, but, uh, I, I don't think that it hurt the game. But uh, I I can understand the criticism. Uh, what do you think, Cody? This is one of your favorite Zelda games. Is that is that fair? Do you think? Yeah. Look, and I actually rate this um, a fair bit higher than A Link to the Past. I think that might be a question coming up, so I'll save all my thoughts um, on that. But um, I I think this is a game that wasn't too held back by the fact that it was a sort of I think in development it was originally like a remake that they were working on and eventually it developed into a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is the reason behind um, the map. Um, but the for me, I think it's something that if you are someone who does not have much nostalgia for A Link to the Past, um, don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't play this because, you know, I need to understand references or that sort of thing. It all, just as a standalone first Zelda game, I think it works great. Um, you know, it's something that is, you know, it does it does have copy map elements from A Link to the Past, but um, for me it wasn't particularly, you know, burdensome or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I would say um, when when it comes to playing this game, there are like two type of two types of players, and I actually have two perfect exa- examples. There's me who saw this game, came back into the Zelda series with this game, and was like, I really like that it it's like kind of a copy of the uh, Link to the Past map, um, the dungeons, even though the dungeons were completely different. In fact, I f- I find the dungeons from A Link Between Worlds far more memorable and dif- I'm able to differentiate them. I know when I was talking about the Oracle games, I was saying it was really hard to remember stuff from those dungeons and it's the same in A Link uh, to the Past. Some of those dungeons just blend together to- for me because of their, the same color, same sound, but with A Link Between Worlds, they uh, all look different, they all have different things going on. So I would say that's different enough. The other type of player is like my brother Andy who picked up um, A Link Between Worlds and was like, I hate this because it's a copy version of my favorite Zelda game. So he didn't like it and he stopped playing it. So I feel like there's kind of just two people. It just depends on what player you are. If you um, like A Link to the Past enough where you're like, yeah, this is a cool copy version, but it's still different enough that it's okay. Or if you're just like, no, this is just a copy version of one of the best Zelda games ever, you know. It just depends on who you are. People out there just slammed their keyboards saying that uh, you did not find the Dungeons and Link to the Past memorable. But I love it. Um, you know what? Let's actually skip ahead and let's just get to that question here because I feel like, you know, we're on the topic. Mason asks, do you think A Link Between Worlds did what Link to the Past did, but just better? I personally prefer this one to its predecessor and feel it accomplished way more. So, I mean, the question here is, do you basically, do you like this more than A Link to the Past. And I'm going to kick us off, and I'm going to say yes. I, I actually do. Um, and it, it partially is because, you know, as Cody mentioned, I, I don't have, like, that nostalgia for A Link to the Past. You know, obviously everybody knows Ocarina of Time was, was my first Zelda. And, and that's the one that really, to me, is, like, the one. Like, that's, that's what I think. I think of being a kid playing that when I think of Ocarina of Time. And, and I mean, that game still holds up. But... And so does A Link to the Past, for that matter. It's a, it's an incredibly solid Zelda game. But at, at least for me, I think that, you know, A Link Between Worlds has more story. It has um, a more modern music. It has some cooler items, I think. And, um, you know, it, it has a little bit more modernized controls, Where it, whereas that's, and I mean, it has the benefit of coming out 25 or 20 years or whatever it was after a link to the past did of course so it's got that on it but you know i i feel like i feel like yeah i i do prefer a link between worlds to a link to the past and you know not i'm not always like that when it comes to zelda remakes because i i think i'd still say that i like you know link's awakening dx more than the remake it's just for whatever reason um you know a, a link between worlds just hit it, it connected with me more and i and i do think a big part of that is because of the characters and stuff they just grabbed me a little bit more 
than in Link to the Past did, which which seemed, you know, coming coming off uh, playing Ocarina of Time for the first time when I was a kid, it didn't seem as magical to me as I know it does for a lot of players out there. So, um, yeah, that's my long-winded way of saying that I, I do think that A Link Between Worlds kind of outdid uh, its its predecessor. Um, so there you go. Uh, Allison, what you think? I think, I mean, to be fair, you know, technology wasn't all that upstanding at that point in time when A Link to the Past came out. Uh, and, I mean, we were getting there, but and it was still a very innovative game for the Zelda series, for video games in general. But, you know, when you are in 2013 and you have a lot more at your disposal, you're going to have a far better game. And like I said, I feel like the dungeons are done better. They're more discernible between all of them. They have different sounds. Um, there are more characters in, that you connect with, not just like happen to see and talk to. Um, and the story is more pronounced in A Link Between Worlds as well. I also have um, A Link Between Worlds far, far higher on my personal Best Zelda Ever list. I think it's at number six, and like A Link Between Worlds is at, or A Link to the Past is at 13. So, I mean, again, it's not to say that A Link to the Past is a bad game by any means. It's very iconic. It's very oh, yeah, good and nostalgic. Yeah. But it just so happens that <laughs> A Link Between Worlds is better. Yeah, uh, like I think it's something where A Link to the Past, I guess if I were to list the sort of, you know, top top three most important Zelda games of all time, uh, or most influential Zelda games of all time, yeah. A Link to the Past would be right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but in terms of my actual personal list of games that I, I like to, you know, play, um, it is, yeah, it's not... It's like tenth or, or something um, for me. Like, whereas the link between worlds is you know fifth, um, and this I think a lot of that just has to do with I'm not particularly nostalgic in general for like the NES and SNES era of I don't know controls and that sort of thing. Like, um, I just find it frustrating a lot of the time to feel like. I wanted to do something, but it's not being reflected in the right, right the way that that, that comes out in the game. Um, so, and also, a link to the past is sort of like, I guess, yeah, the characters are much less notable. Like people make their own. You know, if you if you ever heard of fa- if you've ever heard of fan fiction before, <laughs> you would know that people make their own stories to just give them a character, and you know, they're all mm-hmm. all set. But really. In terms of story and a link, a link to the past and characters, you mostly just get people who have a line of dialogue. Whereas I feel there's a, a bunch of characters in a Link Between Worlds where I'm like, oh, that's a that's a funny person, or I'm looking forward to seeing that person again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. Oh man, three for three. I know that Mossy Zagopian out there is somewhere throwing his baseball against the wall. Uh, <laughs> we, we love yeah. Him, but... Well, see, all of these old, all of these old Zelda gamers. And look, because I'm an old Zelda gamer because everyone's old now. If you started with Ocarina of Time, you're sort of very old. The kids the kids these days visiting Zelda websites were born after the release of, like, The Wind Waker. So, you know, um, we are still old, but the real oldies who started in, like, the 80s, um, I think it is really nostalgic, and then they can go back and play, and they're like, 
Oh, I love these controls. This is, you know, nostalgic, but for me, I just can't can't get get around it. Just, just wait for five years from now when everybody that's working at Zelda Universe and Zelda Dungeon is just like, yeah, my first game was Breath of the Wild. Uh, great, great game. Oh, yeah, oh. great game. Came out when I was five, yeah. <laughs> what did we see the other day on the Discord, like, in our break room? Somebody shared a picture saying... This is what 20 years, this is what you think 20 years ago looks like for Zelda, and it's like, you know, a link to the past or something, but it's really Wind Waker now, like Wind Waker's 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Hope that yep. made everybody's day. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Uh, all right, let's keep it going here. Uh, DT, shout out to you, DT asks, uh, is the Maya Mai collection the best collection side quest in the series? I don't know that I would say it's the best, but I really enjoyed it because yeah. it is, um, it's, it's like easy, but challenging, you know, like you can hear them, which makes it nice. And it, it never feels like super frustrating to me. Um, I would say like, you know, this one and, uh, the school Tula's I think would be pretty neck and neck up there in terms of like the really great collection quests, uh, not throwing in some of the trading sequences, of course, those are a different beast altogether. Right. But, uh, yeah, I think that this one is, is really good. Um, something rewarding. And you get great rewards, too, from Mother Mai Mai. She does, like, she upgrades all of your items and stuff. So, you know what? Maybe I'm talking, maybe as I'm talking about it, I, I could consider this, I, I think I consider this in, in the greatest of all time talk if, in terms of uh, the series. Uh, Cody, can you, can you think of anything better? Um... Yeah, so really depends, I guess, on what you're counting as a best collection side quest. Because collecting the masks in Majora's Mask, for example, I would put it number one if mm, that counts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because those are optional um, for the most part, 90% of them. Um, but, I don't know, for me, uh, the Skull Chillers from Ocarina of Time are iconic to me still. Um, and, you know, just the little little scratching noise they make and then you're like oh oh where is it mm -hmm. um and then um and then yahaha um, <laughs> yahaha you found me um is gonna be you know i've never 100 i've never 100 percented the koroks in breath of the wild but i do appreciate uh i do appreciate them um so yeah for me it didn't stand out particularly but i think it was a an above average um side collection side quest <laughs> i have one that's better but i just feel like i'm super in the minority about it and that would be the koroks but i mean i feel like the my are really done really well and like you said they're not very challenging but you know they're still kind of a kind of a little bit of a challenge to them i think when i very first played the game i didn't understand that the the tornado rod or whatever it's called lifted the tiles and that there were my mice under the tiles so i'm like walking through this like shallow screen and i'm like where the hell is this damn my mice? i can't find it i can hear it but i can't find it and then i finally realized that it was under one of the tiles so i mean there's that kind of frustration if you don't understand that part of the game but like for the most part they're really easy to find um i like that on the map it tells you how many are in each section on both the dark world or laurel and hyrule um, 
so I think that made it really nice. Um, there's also the little pins that you could put if you can't reach it quite yet and you can come back to it. So I think that it was done really well in this game. And there's not an obscene number of them like the Koroks. So it mm -hmm. was it was very doable. And it's very doable every time you play the game. So I do really appreciate it. It's not my favorite, but it's really high up there. Right. Um, all right, fair enough. Let's uh, let's move on. David Lasby is here with a great question. What is the best song from this game, and why is it Low Rural Castle theme? Can we all agree that Low Rural Castle is probably the best song from this game? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah, it's it is uh, it is quite good. I do enjoy the um, what's it called the the bar. Oh, the milk bar, uh, my man. Yes, the milk bar. Yes. Yeah. That also, the uh, um, mini game with the chickens, the cuckoos when you're avoiding them, has a very, 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 very great uh, little ditty. I love that one a lot. And uh, Yuga's theme is pretty cool. I like Hilda's theme, but I'm I'm really glad you brought up the, the milk bar because I went into there and just like paid a ton of rupees just to hear the the little guitar and the, the flute. Like the They had like Ballad of the Goddess in there. They had uh, like uh Gerudo uh Gerudo Valley god I was spacing on the name there for a second um they they had like a ton of classic Zelda themes and, like they were little one minute little uh little ditties and they like they, that was such a cool spot for me I really loved that but, but yeah, I mean yeah low rural castle theme is pretty uh it's pretty banging it's pretty banging um all right let's uh let's keep it going here um We've kind of touched on this, but uh, I wanted to include it just because uh, the question, you know, I, I thought about it uh, as we were recording here. Charles asks, um, would you agree that A Link Between Worlds has one of the best stories of any Zelda game? So I think, Charles, my man, that I would say I don't think it has one of the best stories in any Zelda game, but... It has really, really great characters and moments. And I think that the two moments in this game where you find out about what Hilda has really done and then you find out the reveal of who Ravio is really make the story look a lot better than it actually is. But, you know, that being said, those moments are fantastic and, and definitely, you know, they give you connection to the characters, to the events that have taken place and to everything that's going on. So I, I don't know that I would say that like this has a better story than Skyward Sword or Wind Waker or, you know, Ocarina of Time games like that. But I, I do think that it has great moments of, of story. Um, what do you guys think? I would, I would agree about the moments. Like, like I said earlier, this, this story isn't too deep. Whereas there are other Zelda games that have very deep, very, um, you can get into lore of it. You can get into, like a lot of emotions with it they make you feel things and while this game makes you feel things it's it's kind of minimal it's not too like i i feel like the reveals are the more the bigger parts of the story for this for this game versus like the overall uh kind of deal so i like those reveals and i look forward to them every time um but otherwise it's like a pretty average uh story for a zelda game yeah, uh, I would I would say, um, yeah, I I agree. It's sort of a you know probably middle of the road story for me for um, as far as Zelda games goes. Just partly because 
well, as we mentioned before, just due to the format, they were sort of like, there was a lot of the time where there wasn't an overarching story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just had the stories of, you know, what's this little local area doing? Um, so, like, and in terms of themes and that sort of thing, like, I would put, like, yeah, the 3D Zelda games, of course. Also, Link's Awakening is sort of, uh, mm. you know, when it comes to twists and stories and that sort of thing, that's obviously a, a high point in uh, in the Zelda series. Um, I think it's, yeah, it works, but it's not one where... It works and it's got some good characters, but it's not one where I'd be, uh, I guess, calling it a top five Zelda story. Right. Um, okay, I you know what? we're we're running a little bit long here, uh, but I'm I'm ready to keep going because we got a few more good questions here that I want to get to, guys. So let's uh, let's keep powering on. Um, Fastball is back with another great question, and uh, this is one that uh, that I was kind of uh, looking forward to tackling actually because I'm not sure that this is going to be popular. How do you think the art style compares to the previous 2D Zelda games? Uh, I'm going to go first here. Because I I have been looking forward to this one. I think that the art style of a link to a link between worlds is horrible. Actually, uh, I I think that Link doesn't look very good. I think that uh, like the the world looks good. Just the characters look I don't know. Just not not crisp to me and just kind of bland. And I don't know actually if it's because like Triforce Heroes has kind of crept into my brain and now I associate the two subliminally, but. Um, it's not, it's not my favorite art style. Maybe I'll take back the word horrible. Maybe I'll just say it's not, it's not my favorite. I just think it's a little bit dull. Um, I think that you look at some previous top-down Zelda games, you've got, you know, obviously the amazing sprite work of A Link to the Past and the Minish Cap. You've got, you know, the classic, classic sprite work of, of the NES Zelda, or even like, you know, Link's Awakening and the Oracle games. Uh, man, you look at the at the new Link's Awakening, and that looks fantastic. So I think that this was just kind of like pretty pretty dull and uninspired. Um, again, I don't know if that's Triforce Heroes kind of creeping in there and uh, and swaying my opinion or not. But uh, I don't know not not one of my favorites. Cody, what what do you think of the art style? Uh, well, look, when it comes to art, Triforce Heroes that's the best thing about it because. Link's got some fashion in that game. Oh. Um, you can you can find some great dresses and things for Link to wear. It's a good time. But uh, I think, in general, for me, this is one that's like... The sort of, yeah, cutesy, I guess, art style. It's It does remind me of the new... Um, of the Link's Awakening uh, remake, in a way, with just the, I don't know, the roundedness mm-hmm. of it all. Um I think it's yeah. I th- I think it. I think it's good. It's like distinct. It's sort of. It's not, you know, muddied <clears throat> muddied or anything like that. Like it, you know, it works. But I wouldn't. It doesn't stand out to me as an art style, uh, compared to, you know, just the normal sprite work of um, previous games. Take it away, Al. Defend I, this game. I'm going to because I feel like I'm actually really mad. <laughs> I was like, as soon as you started talking, Andy, I, like my mouth fell open. I was like, what the heck is he talking about? This game looks amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the art style for this game. It's it's like, yeah, it's cutesy, but like I like that. I think that 
the angle is really good for what you're trying to do. All the enemies and the characters look great. I don't think they look bland at all. I, they look better than Twilight Princess, I'll tell you that. Um, well, okay, that's not saying much, Allison. They look more 3D than Twilight Princess, a 3D Zelda game. <laughs> God, that, that's, a, that's a low, low bar. Come on. I just... <laughs> I, I don't know why yeah. why you wouldn't think this is good. And, like, the colors are amazing. Like, it's got a lot a good range of colors in both Laurel and Hyrule. Um, I think that Link looks really, like, he... I, I just... I dig his design in this game. I also dig Zelda's design in this game. As much as Mossy's makes fun of me for calling... Having her be in uh, Super Smash Bros. random. I just think it's a random pick of which Zelda to put in there. But I really like her design design in this game um i feel like all the sages look really good i like i dig the rainbow thing that happens at the end when you free all the sages all the bosses look super awesome like their sprite work is great and i i just i, I can't i i don't know why i'm so flustered by the fact that you don't like this art style because overall i feel like i feel like most people would say it's actually really good well it's better than yeah, twilight well, I, princess i think it is <laughs> It is it is better than Twilight Princess. Um but I no, I think it's good. I'm I'm just I also think that the sprite art of other two D Zelda games has always been really good. So I it yeah. I mean no, I disagree. I think can, it's can we, def- it's can we the take a second two D Zelda games. Can we take a second to appreciate the fact too that Cody and I did not plan on this this Twilight Princess bit here that uh uh, he he also is a man of culture and thinks that Twilight Princess is U G L Y. I I love that. This made my day. Oh yeah, and his <laughs> and his faces too. He's just always looks stunned. Oh, like, horrible! Throughout the whole game, Twilight Princess Link. Horrible! It's just like okay, but constantly... we're not talking about Twilight Princess. We're talking about a link between worlds. <laughs> Ganon looks cool. Oh. Yuga looks cool. Hilda looks awesome. Ravio and Shiro the, and the colors in uh, this game. Look, he... I love it. You know what? Details Yuga, too. There's a lot Yuga, of good details. Yuga, I was not. I, I was not a huge fan of Yuga's design, the clown. Um, like I think, as far as clowns in clown villains in the Zelda series, um, it's probably about third. I, I like uh, Yuga actually. Yuga's one of my favorite villains. He's pretty uh, much. I, up I'm not with. a. I'm not a big Yuga guy to be honest. I, I'll, I'll give you Hilda though. I think Hilda looks really cool. The purple hair and like the dark lipstick. Just, I think it I'm looks pretty looking, cool. I'm looking at some pictures right now, and the details in this game are great. Like, the grass, the cobblestones. When you're going up a tower, you can see, like, how high you are compared to the backdrop of Hyrule. The church looks awesome. Like, you can see the little speckling on the carpets. Um, There's designs in the houses and stuff. Like, I don't... uh, You guys are crazy. Allison is ready to die on this hill (laughs) of Link Between Worlds and its graphics. Uh, you know what? Speaking of, speaking of, this is a nice segue. Um, uh, DYLDW asks if you were to do any type of art piece via sculpture, painting, uh, string art, poem, literally anything to show off your love of the game, what would it be? I'm currently in the process of spray painting Link's 2D figure on a fake brick wall to hang in my game room. First of all, that sounds awesome, and you definitely got to show us some pictures when that is finished, uh, DY, because that that would be super cool. Uh, secondly, everybody knows that, uh, I have no artistic bone in my body. I'd probably, you know what, this is a, a total cop-out, but the, the way I show my love for some of these games is to talk about them weekly 
here on this very show. So there we go. That's my answer. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be able to create anything, but I would definitely buy stuff from this game. For example, I really like plushies um, from the Zelda series, and like a lot of people on Etsy, like our friend Erica, she makes the Korok plushies. I've seen a Ganon plushie, like a Ganon pig plushie from, I think it's Twilight Princess Ganon. Uh, and he, it looks really cute, and I wanted it. There's like the uh, sand seal plushies that I've always wanted to get. But oh, cool. if they were, the, if there was ever a plushie of Shiro, I would buy it. The little Ravio's little bird guy, I love him. I think he's so adorable. Well, there you go. Hmm. Yeah. Look, I I think. Well, as you know, we love the art style of Link Between Worlds here. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I would say that, look, the part of the art that I did think stood out was the 2D, um, the when you're going into the walls stuff. So I think that that's sort of iconic. Um, it would be fun to see some just sort of like, I don't know, like if you get, see a crack in the wall or something and you can sort of draw like Link slipping into it and half of Link is, half of Link is already in the wall and half of him's, you know, mm -hmm. out. Yeah, that that would be some good art. That would be really cool. And, and you make a good point, actually. I like I said, I do love the two D version, like the hieroglyphic kind of style. I, I think that that looks really cool. Um, you know, speaking of, I, I just took a quick perusal of Etsy while we were looking at this. There is a uh, a digital download for Amayamai of like um, what are those called? Like little, uh, uh, not a plushie, but like when you stitch them together. Allison, help me out. I'm dying. Oh, here. cross stitch. Yes, cross stitch. Yeah, there's there's one of those, so it looks really cool. Um, so you can check that out over on Etsy. All right, we got two questions left, and then we will get on out of here. Um, Charles is back with another great one here. He says, "Do you consider a Link Between Worlds a 3D or a 2D game?" Interesting. I think that you know, top down or 3D is really the uh, the distinction here. So. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't consider it a 2D, but in, in a weird way, like the other games, I mean, I guess they are 2D. Um, I, the, the proper answer would probably be 2.5D because there's 3D models in like that traditional 2D world. Um, I'm sure that there's probably a technical term for that, but uh, I'm going to cheat and just say 2.5D. How about that? I, yeah, I think there's like a, there is a technical term. I just can't think of it right now for what a, a Link Between Worlds is, but I would agree like 2.5, something in the middle because it's not quite like it's not quite 3D yet, but it's like getting there, and it's it is for what the technology uh, allows it to be. Right. I would say that it's actually a 4D game because you're going into other dimensions <laughs> um, through cracks in in space. Fair. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but I think we use 3D and 2D as sort of. Um, like shorthand for for types of Zelda games, but it's not actually accurate in the post like DS world, especially for the for the 3DS. Everything's in 3D because that's the main gimmick of the system, mm -hmm. um, you know. For example, and it is in a it is in a view. Um, oh, what's it called? Um, is it like isometric or something? Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Um, that's the word. Yeah, it it is in a sort of style where, um, like, it is at like at an angle and 
that sort of thing. So it's not it's not entirely the way that it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's one of those games where if you look at it from its side, it's really odd because everyone's leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like I think it's basically a it's basically in the top down style of game. But I think three D and two D as terms for Zelda games are a little. The only two D Zelda game is Zelda Two, really. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Last question here. This one comes from Facebook uh, over on the Champions Cast Facebook. This is from Leanne DeVry. Um, she asks, what is your favorite dungeon? Cody, take us away. What is your favorite dungeon in this game? Uh, Probably the Ice Ruins. Okay. I would really? say. Yeah. Hmm. Um, look, I'm. some people just don't can't stand ice mechanics but, yeah like me um, <laughs> yeah uh but i quite enjoyed it um but otherwise um probably the thieves hideout mm-hmm. stood out to me right allison can you remember what your number one dungeon was when we did this episode like a year ago when we I ranked think the dungeons i want to say it was thieves hideout but i i can't remember if it was thieves hideout skull cavern or dark palace or skull cavern skull woods sorry um, one of those three, but I'm pretty sure it was Thieves Hideout. Because right. I feel like y- you get that mechanic that we like where you get to play with another character and do puzzles with that character, and that's pretty cool. Plus, the puzzles just make you feel really smart when you figure them out so <laughs> in, that, yeah. in that dungeon. Yeah, it, it has an awesome boss battle, too. Um, yeah, that, that guy's where you, cool. where you merge onto the... His shield. The Skulltilla shield, yeah, that's... I, I think... I think that was either my number one or number two. And if it wasn't, then it was Skullwoods. Um, I really like Skullwoods. I, I the, you know, the, uh, the creepy, um, the hand that follows you around everywhere. You can use it for, um, a whole bunch of different puzzles. I love the, the kind of going in and out of, uh, the dungeon into the overworld and stuff. I really love this dungeon in A Link to the Past as well. Um, really great dungeon. Uh, lots of, I think that it's really fun. The, uh, the boss is, is like super hard. I think uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name, but he's he's basically like a big version of the hand, and uh, he got a mal- wall merge, and there's like pieces of the floor that are going, you know, berserk oh, and, and breaking he's everywhere. The, yeah, yeah, but if if not that, then definitely Thieves Hideout. That was um, that was a really great dungeon. But just to be different here, I'll give some love to the Desert Palace too, mostly because I think that the sand rod is like a really really fun item to use, mm-hmm. um, and I and I really partial to like sand dungeons i just think that there's like something about the aesthetic uh it really works and there's a lot of really great puzzles in that dungeon too where like you use your wall merging to create the sand blocks and stuff like that so uh you know what really really solid solid uh dungeons here and you know what? i i lied we have one last question i almost forgot to slip this in um this is from adriel uh, she asks how would you compare a link between worlds to the other 3ds games someday I will buy a 3DS off eBay, and I want to know in what order should I play the games. Let me tell you the order that you should play the games, Adriel. And this depends on if you've played, you know, this depends on if you've played Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask before. Because, you know, A Link Between Worlds is is very, very different. Um, But if if you've never played any of them, you should play Ocarina of Time, and then Majora's Mask, and then A Link Between Worlds, and you should stop there. (laughs) <laughs> is my answer. I was going to say, because you could play a lot of the games on the 3DS, but 
those are right. definitely the top three. However, if you want to be a little bit more, you know, well-rounded than Andy Spiteri here, you could do Phantom Hourglass. <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on. When she <laughs> says 3DS games, I'm I'm talking like games that are specifically for, like they were made for the 3DS. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, fine, but I mean, you could play a lot more. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, you can play a lot more when it comes to the 3DS. You know. Um, in general, there's a bunch of. It's a great, it's a, it's a great console. Um, got some, got some great games on it. But yeah, look, you should play, you should play all of them. Um, I think they all. I mean, I think you should play Ocarina of Time before you play Majora's Mask. But other than that, um, I don't. I I think you can play play the Zelda games in any order. But don't worry, don't bother with Triforce Heroes yes. uh, these days unless you want to play it by yourself because. Oh God, um, no! Don't, I, yeah, do not. Whatever you do, do not play Triforce Heroes by yourself. Good God, that's <laughs> yeah. Definitely play with people. Oof, I, I, Cody, I've tried like four or five different times to play Triforce Heroes to do some kind of like retrospective or some kind of show about Triforce Heroes for the Champions Cast, and like I just I can't get past like the second world or whatever. Like I just hate it. I, I hate it hate it so yeah don't don't play mm-hmm. triforce heroes re uh do yourself a favor and skip that one um but definitely uh do yourself a favor and do not skip any of our future episodes here and that's going to bring a uh, a close to this one um i hope that we've given a link between worlds that's due as we said it's so often underrated underappreciated feels nice to spend uh an hour and change just just kind of talking about it and answering your guys' questions about this game. So uh, I, I had a blast doing this. And uh, Cody, we have to thank you for, for waking up early and uh, and coming on the show with us this week. This was a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's good. Um, so, oh yeah, and I'm Cody from Zelda Universe. Yeah, happy to happy to be on here. Happy to come back at some point. Always happy to talk about Zelda. Yeah, and, and Ooh, uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, and definitely you guys, uh, you know, we you know you know we we love zelda universe we've had a ton of their uh a ton of their awesome writers and, and personnel here on the show over the years so go and, and make sure that you check out what they're doing i think that the latest dub of breath of the wild actually just came out if i'm not mistaken so uh really really yeah. awesome stuff the dump the dub project is uh is really amazing alex trevino uh is organizing that and uh there's a whole bunch of dubs for things that um for Zelda games, whether they've had voice acting or haven't had voice acting, or are not actually games, but are, you know, uh, manga dubs and stuff, there's all sorts of things around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely make sure that you guys are uh, checking that out and uh, checking Cody out. Uh, where where can we find you over on Twitter and other social platforms, my friend? Uh, so on Twitter, you can find me at Magicody. That's M A G I C O D Y. Um, it's sort of like Magikarp, uh, so, you know, which is everyone's favorite Pokemon. So, yeah, and, and you can find us, of course, over on Zelda Universe on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Actually, I think we're at Zelda Universe TV on Instagram, um, or YouTube or Twitch. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of websites going on these days, but, uh... (laughs) We we oh we actually launched a TikTok we launched a TikTok this year because we were like we we're in tune with the youth, um, you know. 
That's great. <laughs> we know about the kids these days. So we, we, we have like a fan cam thing on there for the for the baby guardian from uh from the latest spin off. So Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh before we sign off, uh, I'll tell a funny story. So Mossies and I were were interviewing someone a couple months ago about starting a Zelda Dungeon TikTok and like you've never seen two older or more out of touch people talking to someone about a social media platform as, as me and him were talking to uh to this person about running a TikTok. Um I think at one point we were like, Yeah, so uh you know this talk tick thing? Think you could do one of those for us? It was embarrassing. Um <laughs> but we hope <laughs> we hope that this episode has not been embarrassing and in fact quite entertaining uh to the contrary. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Of course, we want you to check us out over on Podbean, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts going. Like and subscribe to the Champions Cast. And make sure that you are giving us that sweet, sweet five-star review if you think we've earned it. Uh, and check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spiteri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. And Cody, as you just heard, is at Magic Cody. Uh, we are out of here, guys. We will see you next week. Everybody take care. <laughs>